Thank you for choosing to listen to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. Each of these messages were given by various faculty, staff, and friends of Emmaus Bible College. To view each series as a whole, or for more information about similar Emmaus ministries, please visit concerninghim.com. That's C-O-N-C-E-R-N-I-N-G-H-I-M.com. We are continuing to follow the Apostle Paul on his missionary journeys, and we're in the midst of the third missionary journey. He is at the city of Ephesus, and we've talked about some of the events in Acts chapters uh, 19 so far. Uh, 18 and 19 leading up to what we will discuss today. We've seen Paul arriving in the city of Ephesus at the beginning of chapter 19 and talking to some disciples of John the Baptist, those who had heard the message of John the Baptist, who was preparing the way for the Messiah. And Paul helped to explain uh, that the Messiah has now come in the person of Jesus Christ And so uh, these disciples put their faith in Jesus, and as a sign, uh, they spoke in tongues, uh, which would have been a a powerful miracle to testify to the reality of their internal faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. We also saw uh, last time that there were those Jewish exorcists who attempted to use Um, the name of the Lord Jesus as something of a token or a talisman magic uh, power to get rid of evil spirits from people. Uh, But the spirits saw through uh, their attempt. And uh, so the name of the Lord Jesus should be held in high regard. And after this event, uh, when this uh, demon-possessed man overpowered these seven sons of the Jewish high priest, Uh, There was great fear that fell upon the inhabitants of Ephesus and really all of Asia Minor, and uh, the name of Jesus was magnified as a result of this. Now, before we continue on in the book of Acts, uh, in verses 21 and following, we'll get to those events a little bit uh, later. We have several things that happen during this two-year period uh, that Paul is staying in the city of Ephesus. We have to sort of play Bible detective a little bit to uncover some of these things, look in some of Paul's other letters. Uh, But I'd like to present uh, with you uh, what takes place um, in that two-year period as Paul is going to make a couple of uh, uh, trips, at least one trip that we know of, and write some letters during his stay in Ephesus. And so we are going to talk about a couple of things that we infer from other uh, passages and look at several other scriptures that help uh, present these points. First of all, uh, during this time, perhaps, there is a man by the name of Epaphras who is a, uh, becomes a follower of Paul and of Christ, uh, who is originally from the city of Colossae. Colossae is in the uh, Lycus Valley. There are three cities within close proximity to one another, Colossae, Heropolis, and Laodicea. Uh, which are all very close together within six or seven miles of one another, uh, sort of a tri-city area. Uh, During this time, most likely Epaphras believes in Jesus and then perhaps even takes the gospel message back to these cities, 
Uh, we know this because later on, Paul is going to write a letter to the Colossians, and in the letter to the Colossians, he talks about how he has never visited the city of Colossae. So it was someone else who started the church there. It was one of his disciples. Remember that Paul is in uh, Ephesus. He's teaching in the school of Tyrannus, uh, and he does this for about two years, so he's making a lot of uh, disciples for the Lord Jesus Christ during this time, and likely this individual Epaphras is one of these. Colossians 1.7 says, uh, Just as you learned from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant, he is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love in the Spirit. Now, when Paul is writing Colossians, this is uh, from a little bit later on in his life during his first Roman imprisonment. So he's arrived at the city of Rome. Uh, we will get there in our uh, discussion of the journeys of Paul. But later on, Paul arrives in the city of Rome as a prisoner and spends several years in a cell in the city of Rome and writes several letters. And one of the letters that he writes is to the Colossians. And he talks about their learning the gospel in Colossians 1.7 from Epaphras, who he calls our beloved fellow servant, a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, who's made known to us your love in the Spirit. Likewise, toward the end of the letter in Colossians 4.12, he says, Epaphras, who is one of you, probably meaning he is actually a native Colossian, a servant of Christ Jesus, greets you, always struggling on your behalf in his prayers, that you may stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. For I bear him witness that he has worked hard for you and for those in Laodicea and Hierapolis. So Epaphras is likely the one who hears the gospel of Jesus Christ, takes it to these three cities, and there are many who become followers of Christ in these three cities. And they begin a church in each of these locations. Most likely it's during this time that uh, the Spirit of God allows Paul to share with Epaphras and this uh, ministry to the Colossians and the Laodiceans and the people of Heropolis begins. We also know from 1 Corinthians 16, 12, that Apollos, who had been in Achaia and at Corinth, probably returns to Ephesus for a short time. 1 Corinthians 16, 12 says, Now concerning our brother Apollos, I strongly urged him to visit you with all the other brothers, but it was not at all his will to come now. He will come when he has opportunity. So when Paul is writing 1 Corinthians, he tells the Corinthians that he has urged Apollos to go back to them again. This means that Apollos had been in Corinth when Paul arrived at Ephesus, but sometime while Paul was there for about two years, Apollos left Corinth and arrived back in Ephesus and would have had some interaction with Paul there at that time. Paul encourages him to return to Corinth, but Apollos is not willing to do it. Uh, he's probably got something else in mind at that time. Now we get into a little more um, uh, difficult things to uh, assess here and assume, but it seems very likely that Paul makes an unrecorded visit to the city of Corinth 
during this two-year period. Now, this is inferred from comparing 2 Corinthians 12 and 13 and Acts chapter 20. 2 Corinthians gives us some of the details of what had happened during this time, and Acts chapter 20 uh, just presents us with a, a little bit of the future of the third missionary journey. In 2 Corinthians 12, 14, Paul says, Here for the third time... I am ready to come to you. Now, we know that Paul had visited Corinth the first time on his second missionary journey. He had stayed there for almost two years, a year and a half. Uh, the second visit, we don't have recorded for us in the book of Acts, but we equate his third visit in Acts chapter 20 and verses 1 and 2 with what he's talking about here in 2 Corinthians 12, and I'll explain that uh, momentarily. 2 Corinthians 13, verse 1, this is the third time he says, I am coming to you. There he says it again, so this is his third visit. Every charge must be established by the evidence of two or three uh, witnesses. So this third visit should be identified with the second recorded visit of Luke in Acts chapter 20, verses 1 and 2. This is what it says in Acts 20. After the uproar ceased, Paul sent for disciples, and after encouraging them, he said farewell and departed for Macedonia. This is from the city of Ephesus, and we will talk about the uproar, the riot, uh, in just a few sessions from now. Um, when he had gone through those regions and he had given them much encouragement, he came to Greece. Uh, again, that's Acts chapter 20 and verses 1 and 2. So this means, if, if this is the third time Paul is going to visit Corinth, that there is an unrecorded visit of Paul to Corinth while he was at Ephesus for two years. Luke doesn't tell us about this visit. Of this second visit, the unrecorded visit, we can uh, believe a couple of things. In 2 Corinthians 2.1, it was talked about as a painful visit. Paul says, I made up my mind not to make another painful visit to you. So after he's in Corinth the first time, uh, while he's at Ephesus, he makes a perhaps a quick trip over to Corinth, and it is spoken of as a painful visit, uh, likely to address some sin that was occurring in the church. He says uh, it was a visit for warning those who were in sin. At the end of 2 Corinthians uh, 12, and the beginning of chapter 13, he says, For I fear that perhaps when I come, I may find you not as I wish, and that you may find me not as you wish, that perhaps there may be quarreling, jealousy, anger, hostility, slander, gossip, conceit, and disorder. I fear that when I come again, my God may humble me before you, and I may have to mourn over many of those who sinned earlier and have not repented of the impurity, sexual immorality, and sensuality that they have practiced. This is the third time I'm coming to you. Every charge must be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. I warned those who sinned before and all the others, and I warn them now while absent as I did when present on my second visit, that if I come again, I will not spare them. So Paul has some very strong words 
for the Corinthians on his second visit as he is addressing some of their sin. Uh, included among those would be sexual immorality, uh, jealousy, anger, hostility. The believers in Christ are not living as they should. Uh, which prompts Paul to make this unrecorded visit. Now, we also have evidence of a lost epistle. Maybe you could call this zero Corinthians prior to what we know as the letter uh, of first Corinthians. It was a letter that was written but is now lost to us. We know this because of first Corinthians chapter five and verses nine through 11, where Paul says, I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people, not at all meaning the sexually immoral of this world, or the greedy and swindlers or idolaters, since then you would need to go out of the world. But now I'm writing to you not to associate with anyone who bears the name of brother if he is guilty of sexual immorality or greed, or is an idolater, reviler, drunkard, swindler, not even to eat. With such a one. The visit, the unrecorded visit, most likely precedes this lost letter because in this letter, Paul explains uh, to the Corinthians, or, or in 1 Corinthians here, he explains to the Corinthians some of the contents of his first letter that uh, was written initially. And in 1 Corinthians 5, he explains what he meant by some things in that letter. If he had written the letter first and then made the unrecorded trip after that, he likely would have explained this to them in person rather than including it in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. So we know that they continued to struggle with issues in the Corinthian church even after Paul's second visit, his unrecorded visit, and after this lost letter that he had written, which is why Paul wrote 1 Corinthians. The final thing we should say is that Timothy and Erastus, during this time that Paul is at Ephesus, are sent out by Paul to Corinth. Uh, 1 Corinthians 4, 17 and 16, 10 through 11, as well as Acts 19, 22, gives support to this. Acts 19, 22 says, And having sent into Macedonia two of his helpers, Timothy and Erastus, he himself stayed in Asia for a while. Timothy likely does not reach Corinth because it says that he went as far as Macedonia, and in 1 Corinthians, Timothy's coming is still future. And in 2 Corinthians 1.1, Timothy is spoken of as being with Paul in Macedonia. So next time, we'll look at the letter that we have as 1 Corinthians, which is actually Paul's second letter to the church at Corinth. Thank you for listening to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. This ministry is possible because of the generous contributions from our partners around the world. For more information about partnering with us, please visit emmaus.edu partner.